0: pray to start with the heads. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I pray that you can give us your Holy Spirit now as we open your word. Um, I pray that the lessons that we learn will be um, helped and, um, and understood and um, practical um, so that we can implement them um, through your Spirit into our lives. Thank you for bringing us here now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so we are heading to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, if you want to go in our Bibles there, and we're going to read. So, just as a little bit of background, we are probably well, we are, not probably, we are halfway through the book of John. John has 21 chapters, we're on chapter 11 now. Um, And what is interesting is we're right at the end of Jesus's missionary or mission. Um, And so we're a good three and a half years in and we're only halfway through the book. And so it shows that John's focus um, or wanted to focus a lot on the last maybe week of his life um, and so the following chapters from twelve onwards cover literally a few days, um, versus the ten chapters before cover three and a half years. Um, and so it's uh, just it's an interesting contrast how the book is is developing. But yeah, if we could start reading from um, actually from chapter ten verses forty, just for a bit of context. So, um, or maybe 39 even. So chapter 10, verses 39, and then we'll read into um, chapter 11. So we can uh, do two verses each as we go. So um, starting from verse 39 of chapter 10. If I do, wait, 39?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand and went away again beyond Jordan into a place where John at first baptised and there he abode.
2: And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things but John spoke of this man were true." and many believed
1: on him there.
0: Cool. So what are we seeing just as a context
3: of what's happening at the moment? So basically, he's on the run.
0: Yeah, he's on the run. So he goes, um, he's on the run because
3: of what? Who is he running from?
0: The juice the jews right
4: we, we can see <laughs> yes, that yes, back so in, in the earlier chapters the earlier verses of chapter 10.
0: yes yeah the jews right so predominantly the pharisees um the church leadership um he's trying to escape out of their hand right so um he goes down to where john was first baptizing beyond the jordan right so this is quite far away from jerusalem uh, a few days journey out at least so um and he's doing miracles there, um, and many believed there. Right, so um, so we start in chapter eleven, um, and knowing where Jesus is now, he is now away from from Judea, from Jerusalem. right? So um, we can go from chapter, I'm uh, sorry, from verse one, chapter eleven. Now, a
1: certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick.
0: Uh,
4: Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby.
0: Cool. So explain to me what's happened to the story so far.
4: Jesus' friend is sick. Um, I have always found this language interesting. Um in verse verse three. You know what what um Lazarus' sister sent to Jesus behold mm. he whom thou lovest is sick so it's almost sounding like this is one of Jesus's day ones um you know what I'm saying and so, so this this is not just someone that you you meet you know this is not just someone you know this is this is your friend
0: mm. and so I mean what's interesting is we hear a lot about Mary and Martha throughout the gospels um we hear about them, we have them talking with Jesus. We know a bit about their personalities. We don't really know much about Lazarus. Lazarus is kind of, yes, that he's their brother. And obviously Jesus would have spent time with him too, but we, we don't really hear too much about him. Even in this story, we don't hear anything about him. Um, but we've seen we get this thing of the one who thou lovest. Um, and as Nathan, you were saying, um, you know, Jesus was close with these people. It's like Jesus loved everyone, don't get me wrong, but there were certain people that were really close to his heart. So, you know, we hear that about John or about Peter, James and John. Um, and now we're hearing it about Lazarus and the, their family um, in Bethany. Um, so given that relationship um, and Mary and Martha ask, they send the word, you know, Lazarus is sick, come, come save him. What would you expect Jesus's response to be? No more. I'll be there very shortly. Justin, I'm on my way. In fact, I'm coming back with the messenger. Yeah, so I'm on my way. If or 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 what? If he
3: wasn't gonna come, what, what else would he have done? Maybe he'll just heal him then and there.
0: Just heal him there and there. We hear that. We see that from the centurion's um, servant. Seven or son, um, we, we see that where the, the centurion came to him and he just said, look, they've been healed. Jesus didn't even have to go. So there were two options here almost to Jesus. It was like, look, you could heal him now, or you could have just left with the with the messenger, gone back to the thing as soon as you could and healed Lazarus." right? And this is what you expect. I mean, he's he has healed random people all over Jerusalem, all over Israel at this point. I mean, Galilee, down by Jordan, here, there, everywhere. People have been healed, even in Samaria. And now um, his friend, one of his best friends, is now sick. You're expecting, right, well, at least, you know, if you're going to heal anyone, you would heal Lazarus. Cool. So verse 4, it says, um, Jesus said, don't worry about it. The sickness is not unto death, but so the Son of God could be glorified. The messenger probably took that and thought, oh, that's calm then. No worries. We we haven't got anything to worry about. We probably got back to Mary and Martha. It's like, don't worry about it. Um, Because Jesus said the sickness is not unto death. But we know the story. So it's interesting that Jesus said that. Um, But yeah, let's continue. Verse 5. Unless someone has a a comment.
3: No? Okay, yeah. Let's go. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Okay, so now now we've got the question, right? (laughs) Why is Jesus chilling?
0: He heard that Lazarus was sick. It says in verse 5, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And then it says, but he stayed where he was two days it doesn't even say he was doing anything in particular that kept him there two days it just said he stayed there two days so you know as we're reading the story and I know this is quite a famous story probably one of Jesus's famous miracles um, it's interesting that the verses kind of don't make sense Nathan go ahead
4: I'm just thinking, I'm kind of like thinking, what what would that be like today? You know, I wonder if, you know, Jesus said that he was coming. And so I don't know if any of you have ever had those friends that like, you know, they say they're coming at a certain time. But it's not just 10 or 15 minutes outside the time. It's a whole like three, four hours after they said they were coming and they still ain't there yet. And they're going to turn up just like 10, 11 p.m. at the end of the day but obviously you know the sisters they're waiting lazarus is sick and it's already been reiterated to us twice that jesus loved these guys and so the confusion is you know we, we all know that when you love people you show it so obviously what is going on with jesus right now he's just leaving them what's more important so
0: sure, sure. um and maybe what's going through the disciples' minds is that given that we've just got run out of Jerusalem and Bethany is... So how, where Bethany is, right, is you have Jerusalem and on the east side of Jerusalem, you have the Mount of Olives. And on the other side of the Mount of Olives, you have this village of Bethany. So, you know, Jerusalem and Bethany are very close to each other. So maybe the disciples think can look, maybe Jesus just doesn't want it in, um, in Jerusalem at this point and um we just we just got run out of there they're about to stone us or kill us or whatever the thing was and you know what Jesus ain't feeling to go back there too soon even even for Lazarus right so all of these you know thoughts and like why what's, what's going on why didn't we leave straight away all of this um these questions are probably in their minds but yeah let's continue verse seven
2: Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again.
0: Cool, cool, cool. So we can see that that was in their minds for sure. Um, also, this whole thing of, so why are we going now versus two days ago? It's still, there's still this question. But uh, but yeah, Jesus answered verse nine and ten.
3: Jesus. Are they not, sorry, go ahead, Go ahead, All right. Um, yeah. Uh that Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbles not because the, he sees the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. Cool. What's
4: well, Jesus is saying? That hit me on a biology. Wow, I can't even speak. Me on a biological level because isn't it that the way our, our eyes work you know if if there's no if there's no light to reflect um if there's no light to interact with our eyes we can't see and so it was interesting looking at that choice of words because it said if a man walk in the night he stumbleth because there is no light in him there's no light interacting with his eyes
0: They're like interacting with his eyes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. What else is that saying? It says if they're not, if, are they not twelve hours in a day? Right, and in the Jewish time, there was like twelve hours of day, twelve hours of night. Um, and so that's why he says are there not 12 hours in the day if any man walketh in the day he stumbleth not because he sees the light of this world right but if a man walk in darkness he stumbleth because there's no light in him
3: what is he talking about i think forgive me if i'm wrong there um he's just talking about like in a practical sense but making a comparison so like obviously like if you can't see where you're going you're not going to be able to get to where you're trying to go you're going to stumble you're going to trip because there's not enough light for you to see and i think that the parallel he was trying to make there was that he has this light inside of him that he like his those 12 hours of day aren't over for him like he's got time he know he can see where so i think maybe that's what he was trying to get at. Cool, cool
0: cool uh nathan are you gonna say something Okay, cool. All right. Um, yeah, so it was, was on, right? But Jesus is kind of saying this in, like, I know my time has not yet come. God has given me a job to do, and I'm going to have to do it. So ultimately, me going to Jerusalem, I know right now that this is the point of my death. And the point of my death is coming soon, don't get me wrong. But right now, it's not going to be the time. And so right now is in the light so I better go and do my business now because if I'm, if I'm walking in the light and I'm walking where God wants me to go, I know I'm safe. But if I'm walking outside of God's will, then, you know, I don't know where this is going to end up. And so Jesus is saying, look, when you have the, the light, you better walk in it while you can because the night is coming, right? Where you, you know, I won't be able to do this work forever. Um, God's timing, I'm going to have to die soon but while there is light left, I'm going to do my job. Yeah. There's this actually, there's this quote that I saw that says, you're invincible until God says that he's done with you. And at the point that God says he's done with you, then, you know, you're, um, in to being, you're going to die. Right. And so, you know, if God has given you a job to do, know that he's given you provision to fulfil it. Yeah. So yeah, Jesus is confident, but the rest of the disciples are feeling a bit, um, a bit uneasy. The fact that they just ran out of Jerusalem, and now Jesus is saying, "All right, let's go head back." Yeah, okay. Verse
4: eleven. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth but I go the time I wake him out of his sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well.
3: 13, and 14. Uh, Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead.
0: Okay, cool. So, um, so what just happened? What, <laughs> what just happened?
3: So, Jesus has told them that Lazarus is asleep. Is asleep. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, well, uh, if he's sleeping, then he'll be all right. And they didn't understand that what Jesus was referring to, he's actually dead. And then he just drops it to them. Okay, but yeah, Lazarus is dead. Yeah, so I can cool. imagine You can imagine that they're like, what, but you just told us he was sleeping. Like, what do you mean he's asleep if he's dead? Do you know what I mean? What do you mean he's going to be all right? Like that you're going to waking up out of death. So I can imagine there's probably a lot going on in their minds right now. Yeah.
0: You know, when we think, oh, uh, you know what, just sleep it off and then you'll be all right. So when Jesus says, oh, um, Lazarus is sleeping, they're saying, oh, oh, that's calm. So no more. Like, he'll sleep it off, he'll be well in a couple of days, no problem. The Jesus is like, no, no, don't no, if you get it, the guy's dead. And, he, and like, oh, oh. Um, and you can imagine all of these thoughts again coming into their mind. Well, why didn't we leave um, Jordan sooner? Um, why haven't you healed him yet? Um, Etc. etc. Why are we now going to Judea now that he's dead? And now there's the risk of it. Surely, if we were going to risk it at any time, we should have risked it when he first, um, when he, we first knew he was sick. And so, you know, all of these challenging um, mindsets are coming to the disciples' heads. Yeah, let's continue. Um, verse fifteen.
2: And I am glad for your sakes that I have that I was not there, to the intent you may ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, Come not unto his fellow unto his fellow disciples. Let us also go, that we may die with him.
0: Awesome. What's mad about verse fifteen?
3: I feel like
4: half the time Thomas says something, it's mad. I feel like Thomas was that disciple. For what what is there for you not to die with him? And he's saying this. And I'm not really getting it.
0: Thomas, let's discuss Thomas in a in a second. Actually, we let's let's do 15 verse and then we'll we'll come to Thomas. Um, yeah, what's mad about verse 15?
2: It was all about the disciples learning a lesson in some way to stay long, for him to stay longer.
0: True. That is true, right? Um, But the language of Jesus seems a bit weird. He says, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. What is he saying? I am glad that Lazarus is dead. Well, tantamount to if he was there, what would have happened? He would have healed him. He would have healed him, right? Would he? he, Yeah, go ahead, Reuben. Would he have healed him?
5: Yes. Yes. If the purpose was, he's already said earlier on, um, yeah, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. He's already alluded to the fact that there was a plan in place for, for Lazarus, that something's going on because it's, there's something that's about to happen and there's already a plan in place. And then he says, I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. Does that mean that actually, I'm glad that I wasn't there because you guys would have been looking at me like, why haven't you healed him? And he would have been gone. Maybe it would have happened exactly the same, but then he would have healed him out of it, you know?
6: That's
5: and true. it would- that's a good point. The, the disciples to see that and to still believe in Jesus, you know? To mm. actually be like, oh yeah, you are, you are Lord, and we follow you anywhere. When you're letting our boy, our boy die,
0: for sure, that's a good point. Um, so, e- but either way, right? So either he would have healed him right then, or he would have left him um, to still be dead for the four days. It's still either way, it wouldn't have been what Jesus intended for the situation. And so Jesus is saying, "I am glad for Lazarus's suffering slash death." so that you guys can believe so what is it what is he saying like what how does that relate to us
3: i think it's like when we have certain struggles like in life where we feel like there's no way out for god to kind of just come through and it be unmistakably his doing that kind of helps to increase our faith and stuff so for example like Lazarus, he's just told them that Lazarus is sleeping. Then he said Lazarus is dead, and then he's saying, "I'm glad for your sake that you may believe." But like what? Like I think maybe what he was trying to do from that is kind of show, okay, when when you see this man come back from the grave, you're gonna your faith is gonna be stronger. Maybe mm. something
0: like that. For sure. Um, and so we we start to understand, and we've kind of discussed um, this before. But we start to understand Jesus' and God's um, image of suffering or how he relates to suffering, right? And not to say he doesn't feel it, because we're going to see in a minute that he does. But we have to understand God's ultimate goal is not to save us from um, suffering. In fact, Jesus says, count the cost. Understand that going through this life isn't going to be easy. You're going to have to carry your cross with me. We're, we're, we're both going to have to die in this. And so um, so God's ultimate goal is not to stop suffering, get it right. So never think, oh, God hasn't fixed this, so therefore he doesn't love me. Because it's likely that the reason why he hasn't fixed it is because he loves me. Yeah? Okay, let's into so, so yeah, talking about Thomas, right? What did we know about Thomas?
4: He's called the doubter.
0: He's called the doubter. Why is Thomas called the doubter? Predominantly, what's the moment that
3: we're known for him doubting? When, um, when Jesus come back out of the grave, and he like doubted that he was actually alive. So he's like, oh yeah, I touched the hole in my hands and such.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Right. So that's Thomas, right? The doubter. Yeah. However. I feel like Thomas gets a little bit of a bad rap, right? I think Thomas is probably the most honest of all of the disciples. Thomas is that guy who ju- will just speak his mind. Sorry, Jesus, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't believe it, I don't get it. That's what Thomas, that's who Thomas is, right? He's not going to just be like, oh, everyone else gets it, so let me just play along and let me just... Um, maybe I'll figure it out as we go. No, Thomas is like, look, look, you're going to have to explain this to me again, or you're going to have to show me, or we're going to have to do something, because I don't get it, right? And right here, again, he just goes, look, all right, well, if we're going to go to Jerusalem and die, well, we better just die, might as well die together. And so at least here, Thomas is, um, I don't know if he's saying this slightly facetiously, but he's he's there willing to sacrifice it all. Even if he doesn't get it, he's at least being um, genuine with the fact that, you know what, all right, well, this is what it is, this is what it is. And so I kind of like Thomas. But yeah, he has the wrong end of the stick, for sure. Um yeah, any other points on Thomas before we before we go? He does always seem to be the one speaking up. I like him, I like him. Him, him and Peter always the ones being, being vocal with Jesus. But, um, okay, let's continue. So, verse 17.
1: So, when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Can
0: continue. Um, verse 19.
1: And many of the Jews came to Mark,
2: Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house.
4: Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been there,
5: my brother had not died. But I know
4: that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. That's a joke moment. I'm sorry, guys, I'm skipping ahead. But that was the Reuben just read. This idea that, Lord, <laughs> everything is in your power if you were here. Lazarus wouldn't have died. If you didn't allow it to happen, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Um, But then you've got this other verse that's saying, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. So kind of like, Lord, if you didn't allow this problem to happen, it wouldn't have happened. So you are the one that comes with the solution.
0: What I love, right, is that, um, that Martha's right. Martha's right. If, if Jesus had come earlier, her brother wouldn't be dead. Martha's clean, right? And so from a human perspective, from our perspective, um, you could quite easily say, well, yeah, I mean, she has has right to be upset right now that, you know, um, Jesus has been going around this place for three and a half years healing people, and when my brother gets sick, we're supposed to be his friends, and we tell him that he's sick, and he comes four days late. And because he comes four days late, my brother is dead. And if he was here, like he is here now, if he was here earlier, then my brother would still be alive. But as you said, Nathan, she she kind of says after that, but I know that whatever um, you ask of course, he'll will, he will give it to you. And I don't know what she's referring to here, whether she's referring... Um, I think she's more saying... Um, because I don't think she's fully clocking that Jesus can actually raise him from the dead yet. And so there's this um, there's this dichotomy with within her. It's like, you could have asked God to sort it out and you didn't sort it out. And so here we are, right? So, and I'll tell you what, uh, you'll see why um, she doesn't quite understand that Jesus has come to raise him from the dead just now. So um, verse 23 and
3: 24. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day.
0: So here we can see Martha's not in tune with the whole thing of the rising again, right? Jesus said, no, don't worry, your brother's going to rise again. She's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, you've been telling me about this whole resurrection thing on the last day, you know. um, So yeah, he'll rise again then. Um, But Jesus, I'm still in pain. I still miss my brother. Regardless of whether he's going to come and us, that's a great hope that I have. But ultimately, you could have saved him and I could have still been with him now. And then Jesus says this, 25 and 26. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time here.
2: Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this?
0: Awesome. What is Jesus saying? Especially in response to what Martha said.
2: Any resurrections that are happening, it's because of him.
0: Yes. Any resurrections, I mean, if you're going to be resurrected, yes. It's Jesus that's going to be doing the resurrections. But what, why is, I mean, Martha was kind of saying that too. So what is what is what is he
3: actually saying? I think maybe he's kind of saying like do you trust me to do what I say? That do I'm you gonna... trust
0: me to do what I say? Okay.
3: Like that, not to not to do what I say but do you trust me when it, like that I have the ability to do what I'm what I say I can. Do you know what I mean?
0: Right okay okay but then do you not think that she, Jesus thinks that already seeing as he said yeah yeah you're going to resurrect him in the last day yeah I get it I know so what, So what is Jesus actually because he his comment what he's saying is different from what she's saying so what is the difference what is, why is Jesus almost rebuking her or kind of asked, reb,
3: nicely rebuking her
2: I can raise him up now
1: Was Martha
4: being salty? And then like sorry, was, was Mary being salty? You know, for instance, Martha goes out of her way. Um, you know, as soon as Martha hears that Jesus is coming, she goes out of her way. And Ma- Mary's sitting in the house breathing. And so, you know, are we getting this attitude that Mary is there just like, you know, it's happened, it's done, you know, Jesus could have done all this, but look at you. Um and Mary's gone. Because she's like, it's Jesus. And Jesus comes with that resurrection and the life.
0: All right. So we're going to get to Mary in a minute. Um, but I don't think Jesus was making a reference to of the difference between Mary and Martha at this point. But there is a there is a um, there's a contrast that we're going to talk about in a minute between Mary and Martha. Yeah, what is Jesus? What, what is Jesus trying to tell my, uh, Martha now? Martha said, "He said you're, you're, um, Lazarus is going to be um, resurrected," and Mary Martha said, "Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, you're gonna—he's gonna be resurrected in the last day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's died in you. I get it." Uh, and then Jesus says, "That no, 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 I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, that um, though he were dead." yet shall he live, though um, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. What is he talking about?
1: He's kind of like basically saying that he's the source of life and that he can can change the situation from where it is at the moment.
0: True. But what he said, he said, um, he said, though he were dead, yet he shall live. And so basically what Jesus is saying is, and, in res- I mean, obviously he's talking about Lazarus and him re- gonna, he's just about to, to bring him back from the dead now. But he's talking about how, don't think that Christianity, don't think that believing in me is something that um, is therefore just a hope that in the future something good will happen. Believing in me is not just a, well, when I die, eventually... There'll be this point in which everything will be okay again. That is not that is not the sum total of the Christian hope. Jesus is saying, I'm gonna affect your life now. The resurrection that you can experience in me when you believe, right? The life that I can give you, this whole never die attitude, is something that I can give you now. It's not something that I'll give you at the end of time. Yes, at the end of time, you know the dead in Christ shall rise, the 144,000 shall rise, and everyone will go to heaven. But Jesus is saying, No, no, no. I'm not just, I, I don't want you to live in hope of that. I want you to live in the presence of what I can do for you now. I can be in your life now. The resurrection and the power of the resurrection is now. And so, yeah, go ahead.
4: Sorry to interrupt, but I'm just, I was just. You're hyping up that that is such an interesting and relevant point, because is our faith, this belief that we profess to have in Jesus, is it something that is living? You know, there's this, like, belief in Jesus, like, accepting God is there, but accepting God is who he says he is and can affect you in the way that he can changes your it changes the way you you live your life it has to change the way you live your life and when you actually believe that the all-powerful almighty God is interesting and act sorry interested and active in your life it definitely causes you to move different because you recognize the fact that God's power isn't something I have to wait until I get to heaven to experience. It's something that can be available to me now. And as long as it's according to his will, it will be. And that's, I guess that's a mad realisation for us down here in the situations we get into. For sure,
0: for sure. And it's something that we need to claim. Um, There's no point us having this well of, of life that we can tap into and never claim it what's the point in calling ourselves Christians and, you know, um, reading the Bible and praying and all that and God has done all of this and he sent his son to die, that we just don't claim the power that is in that? The Holy Spirit, the new birth, the new man, the living spiritually is all part of this new life that God wants to give us that is in Jesus dying and resurrecting Um, that he wants us to claim but if you're not going to claim it then you're always going to be thinking like Martha of well yeah it's all a bit rubbish now but don't worry in the future you know eventually things will be right eventually God will help me eventually um, Jesus will come back but if you're always thinking about um, a future hope and not a present hope then something isn't really going to change in the moment and something needs to change in the moment for something to be changed in the future. But yeah, let's carry on. Verse 27.
1: She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you.
3: That's a day. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him.
4: The Jews Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her, when they saw Mary that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She go up she go on to the grave to weep there then when mary was come where jesus was and saw him she fell down at his feet saying unto him lord if thou hast been here my brother had not died
0: cool right so um before we just go into what um Jesus's response was to that um let's just recap what happened in the last few verses so what just happened
4: Mary sends a message to her sister saying that Jesus is here and he wants to see you. Um, and all the aunties and everyone that's breathing in the house sees that she's going somewhere so they all follow her because you can't get no privacy.
0: <laughs> exactly, right? So Martha goes to, after talking to Jesus, right? Um, and Martha seems to come with more steam about this issue, right? Because as soon as she heard that Jesus is there, she ran out and was like, look, what, what, why were you here? right um and then she goes to to get mary and she says oh jesus wants you um and as she goes to go run um, after jesus everyone else there because there's all other jews there from jerusalem are thinking oh she's probably going to grieve let's go and you know check up on her right no privacy and then what does she ask when she sees jesus
3: If you, I'm, if you, I'm reading. Sorry, go ahead. So I was just gonna say, like, I was looking for a question, but um, I just see her saying, like, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. So kind of like, you know, why weren't you here?
0: Cool. Why weren't you here? Right. The same. Watch The same thing that Martha said when um, when Martha first saw Jesus. Word for word, exactly the same. Right. If you were here earlier, my brother wouldn't have died. And so we're expecting the repeat of what's, what Jesus just said to Martha to Mary. Well, you know, I'm the resurrection and the life. You know, whoever believes in me, um, and I'll give you, you know, life that should never end, and you know, you'll live forever. Do you believe me? Um, but Jesus didn't do that, right? So let's read first. Um, Thirty.
2: when jesus therefore saw her weeping and the jews also weeping which came with her he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said where have you laid him then they said unto him lord come and see
0: so what just happened i'm a bit confused what changed, what changed?
4: Could it be, guys, I'm not saying this to, you know, could it be that, um, you know, you know, when you see the grief, you know what I'm saying? So could it be where Jesus had a moment where he's seeing the fact that here we are and we have to go through pain and we have to go through loss, but it's not what God intended for us. Jesus never wants to see us go through this stuff. And so that's what touched his heart.
0: 100 right that's that's definitely um a good place to start so when jesus sees them crying and all the jews crying um he gets it he gets it and although he knows well in 10 minutes they're going to be pretty happy because i'm about to raise lazarus It's still okay to... um, Someone told me this. Someone said, don't always... um, Don't always compare people's suffering um, to other suffering and and make it okay. Sometimes just just be like, yeah, it's a a hard one. Sometimes just cry with people. Um, And Jesus in here, we see this great... um, almost a like difference in his counseling between Mary and Martha Martha he sees no, Martha needs to understand the truth a little bit she needs to get what this is about so i'm going to tell her exactly what i represent and when Mary comes Mary's like Jesus is like Mary needs some comforting i get her pain and so you know Jesus is showing two sides of his heart almost daniel Baird. yeah um
2: What you were saying about two sides of the heart and stuff, I was, it's odd to, it it kind of makes sense, but it's also odd to me because I guess I see suffering and I, a lot of the time in my mind, think why the hell are you complaining over such a little issue? However, I can't allow those words to come out of my mouth. Do you get me? So I really understand where Jesus was at this point. Like you can have two people, even Reuben and Nathan, they can have the same issue and I wouldn't counsel them the same. Like, it's very Jesus met her
0: at her point of need. If yeah. that makes sense, yeah, for sure, for sure. Thanks. Thanks. So, um, so yeah, so Jesus can understand the situation like that, and not every, not everyone needs to be, not everyone needs to cry with, you know, different situations, call for different things. But also, what else do you think his his um heart was? Yearning
3: for. Sorry, could you say the question again, please, What?
0: Else, why else do you think Jesus' heart was troubled? Why else do you think um, his his it says his spirit his, 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 his um, he groaned in his in the spirit
4: because his friend Lazarus wasn't there.
0: But but if it was because his friend Lazarus was in there, not he? He's about to raise him. He, he, we've already said before that he uh, he gets it because he he told the disciples I'm about to wake him out of his sleep, and he also told um, Martha, "Is the resurrection in the life?" He said, "Don't worry, I'm, we're waiting here just so that you guys can get it a bit more." So he knows that Lazarus is about to wake up. Yeah, go ahead, um, Sasha, and then Emirat. Hi, it's Jalees on Sasha's phone. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, it's
6: okay.
1: Um,
6: I think the reason why Jesus is groaning in his spirit is because he's like, oh, you just don't have that faith. Um, You don't see what I can see. You're you're looking at the present moment. And and even, you know, Mary and Martha like, yes, you know, Lord, I know he'll be raised at the last day. But he's like, "I I can do more. But somehow somebody believes because when you see later when Jesus says he did not many great works there because of their unbelief, somebody's believing. Because he's able to raise Lazarus from the dead. And everybody's like, wow, like he said. But in that moment, he's just like, their sadness, their their grief, their pain. You're looking at the present moment. You're not looking at at what can come, what is possible. I I don't know. Maybe that's that's just me personally. That's what I kind of see when I see Jesus groaning. He's like, if only they would believe. If only they'd see it from from my perspective. But yeah, that's me. For sure,
3: for sure. Perfect. That's it. My, uh, I think first of all, Jalees, yeah, wow, bang on with that stuff. Like that, definitely. I think that there's definitely elements of that that make a huge part of it because, like, like Jesus sees you know the past, present, and future all at once. So it's like he's able to see it all, and he's able to see, like, what God has planned for everyone. So like us understanding it in our head to and not understanding it in our heart and not having that faith definitely would have kind of be something that could cause into to groan. But I think what I thought was something much more simple, because I don't know if you guys remember, some time ago, we did a study about what can make like God, what, what moves God's heart. And in that study, it was like someone's tears. I can't remember exactly which person it was, but like just the anguish of what they mm. were going through. And I think literally just seeing that is probably what kind of made him groan and weep uh, together in tandem as well. As as what as majority what Ajali said, but I think that also kind of comes into play a bit. For
0: sure, sure, which links to what we were saying before. Um, 100. So yeah, I think there are those two aspects. I think God, um, Jesus, His heart was was yearning for them um, in a sympathetic way, but also from a spiritual standpoint, they just don't get it. And more, and even so much that like this is what sin has caused that. You know, I could be, I'm standing here um, as God in the flesh. um, And yet these people just don't, they just don't get it. They don't get what I'm about. They don't get what power I have. Um, And and as much as I've sat there and spoke to them and told them and said what I'm about, they still just don't quite understand. Um, And I guess there's that hope in there that hopefully after this, they'll get to know a bit more. Um, and so yeah there's 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 that there's there's two angles to it for sure you guys you guys hit it on the head but yeah let's continue so um verse 35 shortest verse in the bible
3: jesus wept so the Jews said, "See how he loved him." So
0: it's interesting that the Jews <laughs> are thinking Jesus is crying for Lazarus when actually um, Jesus is crying for them in whatever way, in both ways that we mentioned, um, is that he's definitely not crying for Lazarus. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, interesting yeah let's continue verse 37
1: and some of them said could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to a grave it was a cave and a stone laid upon it Awesome.
0: And I think that's a that's a reasonable question, but also at the same time, you'd be thinking, yeah, he he. There's a difference between healing and resurrecting, right? And so you know, you can heal someone from the de- um, you can heal someone from blindness. You can you know make a paraplegic walk. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I can't do those things. I'm not saying like that's an easy thing to do, or that you can see that every day. But there's that's like. A miracle that jesus was doing left right and center and even when jesus has raised someone from the dead before for example uh jairus's daughter it was like it was just done it was just like she just died and jesus got on the scene um and so this is something of a completely different magnitude the man has been dead for four days and you can imagine in that climate um you know, the, the deco- people used to have funerals back then on the same day they died. So it was literally, oh, so-and-so has died. We're having the funeral right now. Are you coming or not? It's one of them ones. Um, and you grieve as you learn that they're dead. That's kind of what's going on because the body would decompose so quickly because of the climate. It wasn't something they didn't have the technology to... You know, um, keep people as um, when they're dead, so they could have the funeral in a few days, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It was literally when they died. Look, let's wrap them up and and bury them. So at this point, four days in, this is is, is not looking good. Yeah, um, and so this miracle when they when they say this is Jesus' greatest miracle is because of that fact. Yeah, um, so they said Jesus, um, groaned again, and we can see again this is likely because where is their belief? If they saw me, um, you know, they they saw me heal the blind man, but they, they their belief is is only that far, um, they don't think that I can do greater, and so, um, he's groaning again, um, but yeah, let's continue, verse 39.
2: Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Verse 41.
1: Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me.
0: What's, um, Jaleesh, you mentioned before about someone that had faith. Um, in them moving the stone away, in there, in there they showed their faith. So whoever the people were that were moving the stone, obviously, um, faith is an action. And wherever we see actions, um, they, they lay the path for God to work. And so if no one moved the stone, then Lazarus wouldn't have been risen. But the fact that, you know, Jesus, um, that people believed enough to act, um, you know, in, in terms of your and where Jesus went certain places and couldn't do any miracles because they had no faith. But yeah, verse uh, 42.
3: And I knew that Thou hears me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that Thou hast sent me. Mm-hmm. And that when he, and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth.
4: and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot
5: with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin Jesus saith unto him, loose him and let him go awesome
0: right. let's stop there so um, there we see Jesus' greatest um, greatest miracle right what do you think the people around are thinking at this point? Your opinion of
4: question, please.
0: What do you think the people are, are thinking right now? They've just seen a man who was dead for four days stand in front of them, walking. <laughs> the I've left the scene. I have left
4: the scene. I've left the scene. I'm not there. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Oh.
0: Sasha, okay, no. yeah. oh, sorry, I had just got oh. mm. Sasha, yes,
2: yeah, sorry. I was just telling okay. this. Yeah. We were saying how I remember there was a sermon, <laughs> and the guy was saying, "If Jesus didn't say Lazarus, come forth, everybody would have come forth because <laughs> he is the resurrection and the
6: life. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> waiting
2: to get raised up by Jesus." <laughs>
6: And also, um, what I was going to say as well is that <laughs> this also makes me think as well, right? Because, you know, when we pray, like, shut your eye, you know, close your eyes, you know, bow your head. No, Je- it says Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven. He's, you know, when you say, when you're talking to somebody, look at me when I'm talking to you. <laughs> like, he looks up to heaven and he's like, Lord, I'm not, you know, those p- prayers, like when Jesus, like, don't just, um, like the heathen, repeat things. We can say our father who art in heaven. If I come to you as my friend, you, you don't want a letter. You don't want something that I'm repeating words other people have spoken. You want me to tell you what the update is, like what, what's current, what's happening now. Don't tell me yesterday. And so I think that's quite interesting. He's like, Jesus isn't putting on a show. OK, I, I need everybody to know that I know the Lord, like we're, we're good friends. No, he's like, Lord, we I know we know the relationship that we have. But so they can see. Please, I'm asking you, raise him from the dead. So I, I, it's just really reminded mm. me of some things, especially from the sermon today. I was listening to NEC Youth about success mm. and failure. It, you know, so much, we focus on the outward show um, or fake, or sadly, as I did, you know, faking it till you make it. The Lord's like, Mm-mm. actually, just be faithful in the little things, just be consistent and don't worry about the success other people say of the numbers. Just refocus on what we've got and let's make it real. For sure, for sure.
0: I think on that point, um, it's amazing that Jesus says, um, thank you for hearing me. But normally he wouldn't, he wouldn't thank him for hearing him because hearing him has almost got to the point where it's like, yeah, of course he heard me. Like, he's my father. Like, my father's going to listen to his son. You know what I mean? But I, so me thanking, it would be like, I don't know if, like, and you I mean generally you should be thanking people and be grateful but I'm saying like it'll be like going to talk to your mum and be like, oh thanks thanks for hearing me out it's like well what do you think I'm here for and so Jesus only says that to God just so people around him could understand that what he was doing in terms of his relationship with God this is how this man just jumped out of the, out of the grave and I just think that's, that's just, yeah, that's just amazing in terms of Jesus, when we look at Jesus and God in their relationship. But yeah, what do you think people, um, Nathan, you were, you were talking about this. Um, what do you think people were thinking as, as last is coming up? Guys, I'm
4: not trying to take us on another tangent. But just this idea that Jesus spoke and it happened like Jesus is speaking to Lazarus his dead flesh you know, there's no thoughts going on in there and because it's the physics of <laughs> it's the physics of God you can't you can't hear that voice and do nothing. The molecules have to listen everything has to start coming back to life um. To the point where you know, if you actually made that point where if Jesus didn't specify it, then everybody would have come back. That's crazy, man. Um, but in terms of what people were thinking, it's funny because I've not, I've, I've never like had a problem with deciding, you know, Lazarus came back to life, but now my big age is hitting me, man. This is strange, this is not normal. Um, and I don't believe it was. You know, I don't believe it was something dark and sinister like any type of zombie vibes. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping that joy kicked in instantaneously, because if not, I'm running.
0: I mean, yeah, obviously no one has ever seen something like this before. And in my mind, as Jesus says it, there's there's like a there's a moment before anything happens. There's like, an eerie silence. it's like Lazarus come forth and there's like and then you start to hear like rustling in the cave and then you start to see the shadow come forth into the sun and yeah it's just it's just got to be astonishment and here we see like um we have points of like the understanding of um the state of the dead obviously if Lazarus was in heaven for four days uh, it would be a bit harsh for Jesus to call him back down to earth to spend the rest of his life on earth before he could be resurrected in the final day. So, um, so yeah, obviously Lazarus was in heaven. But, yeah, just, it's just amazing to think that the, the voice of God who said, you know, let there be light, um, and all the rest of creation, day is, the, is the same voice that um, is calling Lazarus from the dead. Um, And we know and we spoke about the idea that John and the purpose of John's book is to help us understand Jesus' divinity. And so if any miracle um, helped helped us understand that, it's this one. If someone four days into death, body rotting, smell, it says, the the thing stinketh as an odour. It doesn't smell good. When the people rolled the stone away, you would have smelt it. And so it's impossible for it to be like, oh, maybe he was just in a coma. Maybe he was um, sick and sleeping. No, no, the man was dead and dead for four days. And for someone to come out and say, not touch the body, you know, just from outside the tube, not even seeing the body, from outside the tomb to say, Lazarus come forth and a dead man gets up and walks over is just incredible. And so, um, and so the reaction of the people, unless your heart is as hard as stone at this point, I'm thinking, surely, surely if, if, if nothing has given you faith up to this point, it's this, Like, And this is, to what I was saying, we're at the end of Jesus' ministry, um jesus is soon going to be crucified and so at this point you're thinking come on guys jesus is thinking disciples come on. like this is the last thing before we go into the time of trouble like this is supposed to be building our faith for the for the time in which we're about to touch in a week's time please please get the help what i'm about i'm the resurrection and the life and this whole thing is, is supposed to be a, a, a metaphor for how God can influence our lives. Um, Jesus, how Jesus can influence our lives in terms of, you know, we, we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We could only ever sit and do wrong. But Jesus is the resurrection of the life. Now, not when he comes, not when the, the clouds split and he comes in the sky, but now. Any other points before we um just finish the chapter? No, okay, cool. Let's go um from verse 45. We start to see people's reactions.
4: Sorry, I'm just saying that Lazarus yeah. was there, right? So Lazarus came back to life, and he was there for week the Bible doesn't tell us how long he was there for, how long he lived for after this, but he was there as like a living testimony to the fact that this, you know so I'm, su- I'm not trying to be funny but I'm sure that people had you know Lazarus had people coming up to him and just be like so Lazarus what can you tell us about you know what can you tell us about the other side and you know all of this and the you know Lazarus was there so there was enough people around to know that Lazarus had been dead Lazarus had gone through like all the probably the tombing and the embankment procedures and all of this uh, you know he stank when he came out
0: uh,
4: it's crazy, and just as like a living testimony from that day on. So that's a little bit crazy.
0: Amazing, yeah. Imagine, yeah. You'd want to go chat to Lazarus about his experience as the dead, but you know, I mean, all he was saying was, "I don't know, I don't know what it was like." It was like I was sleeping, and it, I mean, that could, that can only be his experience, right? But it would have been cool to talk to him about it for sure, and you can imagine all the, the people gathering around, definitely. But yeah,
3: um, verse 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him, but some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them the things that Jesus had done.
0: So people are straight snitching, mm. man brought man someone back from the dead, and they're like, Right, <laughs> let's go tell the Pharisees. You guys
4: imagine, man, coming like, um. Coming I mean, like paparazzi, and as much as who can who can give the best account first. Um, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees' council, and the Pharisees at a council, and said, "What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation."
0: What's interesting, right, before I was going to move on, but before we we get there, the mindset of the Pharisees, right, it's one of such, um, it's very confusing. It's almost like they're like, yeah, yeah, like we want to believe, but then they kind of come back down to earth and it's actually like, no, 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 we're not going to like this. It's like, wow, this guy is actually, what, he actually brought someone back from the dead from, like, Lazarus was dead four days ago but he, Lazarus is alive what like surely surely that means that this guy is someone then and then they're like I don't know we can't think that because that would mean that you know we'd lose our power and control and you know and everything else so actually no, no we're not going to have it um, and it's just amazing how the human mind works when as I was saying before our hearts are hard um, not something that we should allow to happen For sure. Pray every day for a soft heart. Um, But yeah, so carrying on, verse 49.
3: And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest, the high priest uh, that same year said unto them, You know nothing at all nor consider that it is obedient, expedient of, for us that one man should die for the people that the whole nation perish not.
0: 51.
4: And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest by him, he prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation. And not for that nation only, but,
0: but also we should gather together in one, the children of God that was scattered abroad. Awesome. And so um, we have this idea that Caiaphas says, no, I don't know what you guys are talking about. The Romans aren't coming anyway because we're going to get it because better one man die than all of us die. And... Little did he, although he was saying that selfishly in love of himself, um, little did he know that he was actually saying exactly what was happening. This was exactly the deal that Jesus was coming to save everyone. He was going to die and everyone else's his grace. So yeah, verse um, 53. Can I just say as well that um,
5: if you look at verse 50, the words that he's saying, especially that line about um, the, what was it? Oh, even even verse 48 where it talks about the Romans. Oh, we've got to be careful. The Romans are going to come and they're going to take away our place. And You know, they very much felt like the defenders of the people. If we're not here, who's going to protect them? If we're not here, who's going to stand for Abraham? if we're not here, who's going to stop this nation going to more rubble than it already has?
0: Mm.
5: Yeah, he seems great. And Reese, you already alluded to this idea that, you know, potentially there was some respect and some awe and maybe some genuine consternation among the ranks in terms of, hold on, we can see what this guy's doing. Shouldn't we take him seriously? But as you said about the idea of control, there was not enough faith in jesus that said okay regardless of what happens with the romans we should still believe in him yeah
0: yeah for sure it's a good point uh yeah so uh verse 53
2: then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death Jesus therefore walked no more no more openly among the Jews, but went hence unto the country near the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim, and then continued with his disciples.
3: Fifty five. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country. To Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves they were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple what do you think that he will not come to feast to the feast at all and the last verse
4: now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he was, he should show it, that they might
0: take him. And so this is the um, the last taste in the mouth of Jesus' grace's miracle, that it was this that broke the straw, the camel's back, and so forth. I mean, before this, they were plotting, and they didn't like who Jesus was, and, you know, if they had a chance, they probably would have got it before. But this, this was the, the action that was like right. This this is this, enough is enough. If you if you know where he is, tell us because we're about to grab him. Yeah, this is this was the point in which the Pharisees and the, um and the church leadership, the the Sanhedrin, were like right. It's time to um it's time to call it a day. Like if man is healing people, um you know that's bad. That's that's intense, and people are following him. We didn't like it. they man is raising people from the dead it's actually impossible for people not to believe in him after that and so we need to deal with this now and the question is did Jesus know that this was going to be the reaction Hmm. probably right
3: yeah probably I think so
0: yeah I think so too I think he knew exactly what the reaction would be to this miracle. And so we, we are met with this, um, this another example of God's, of Jesus' love, and this is what I was going to um, close on. That Jesus coming towards Judea, going towards um, Bethany, he knows that he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, and he knows that that is going to cause his own death. This was the real start of the actual manhunt man hunt for Jesus at this point. And so Jesus said, you know what? In order to raise Lazarus from the dead, I'll go to the grave. In order to save Lazarus, I'll die. And obviously, you know, Jesus's mission was far beyond Lazarus, although it was for Lazarus as much as it was for any of us. Um, it's just another example of where Jesus, when we see earlier in the chapter where Jesus says, um, in verse nine and 10, are there not 12 hours in the day of any man walk um, within the day and not stumble because he see it, um, the light that is in the world. There's this idea that Jesus is, um, was happy to go to the grave. He was happy to take Lazarus' punishment or Lazarus' death that Lazarus just received. He was happy to take that on so that Lazarus could live and he could die because from over and over the chapter said because Jesus loved Lazarus. Jesus loved Lazarus. That's it. And so when he saw Oh, it's Lazarus. Same, bringing him back from the dead, or, um, or letting him die and being safe, bringing back from the dead and me die, or me being safe and and Lazarus die. It was an easy choice. Um, Reuben, go ahead. I've got what
5: seems like quite a random image in my mind. Um but I'm thinking about Hacksaw Ridge and not really the, the dramatized version, but just the story of Desmond Doss. Mm. And um, this idea that you said that Jesus, from the beginning of the story, we've already seen that Jesus knows how to withdraw. You know, he wasn't there, not not, not really. You could argue spiritually, but not really as a battle commander. Does that make sense? But, yeah. but he knows when to call it a day when to press the attack, when to withdraw. He knows all these things. And it looks like he knew which parts of the country that he would be safe in, which would be accepted in, which he could chill for a bit. And yeah, exactly as you said, he didn't think, oh, my life is more precious than that of Lazarus. Sometimes we need to let one go and just live to fight another day. It, um, this, this same idea that um, I remember from the Desmond Doss story of um Lord Let me just get one more. Um, I can imagine him going to God and saying, okay, God, you've got one more mission for me. So let me just do one more. You've got one more person for me to save. It happens to be my brother. It happens to be Lazarus. It happens to be my friend that I love. But regardless of who it was, if you've got a mission for me, I'm willing to accept it. If you've got a way for me to show love to my people, then I'm willing to do that. Let me just get one more. And even when he saw the people getting more incensed, when he saw in the crowd that there were, you know, that one spy and that two spy that he knows from long time have always been rabbiting back to the Pharisees. When he sees these people, he doesn't say, hold on, let me stop. I'll come back and do this on the low key. He does it anyway. Um, that's what I was saying too. Oh, sure.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Any other points before we, we wrap up?
4: Can I quickly just ask a question? So what did we why did Jesus cry? Um I know we were we were discussing that earlier, but what was the consensus? Were we saying it was to do with the fact that the people didn't actually have the faith that there was that there was more that he could do for them? Or was it for another reason? Does
0: anyone else want to answer? I mean, it was mostly Jaleesa's and I think Imhotep's points um, that I think crowned it. No? Okay. All right. Well, um, essentially, we landed on two things of the reason why he was crying or when it says that his spirit mourned One because he felt the pain, and so you know Jesus is is sympathetic when he says we're not we're we're we're, we don't have a high priest that is not um, touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Saying Jesus gets it, gets the pain, he gets he sees like the cause of sin around us, and he's like, yeah, I get that it's hard. And so when he sees Mary crying, when he sees the Jews crying um it touches him it hurts but at the same time there's this also this um this unbelief because jesus has been preaching for three and a half years everywhere he's gone he's done miracles cast out demons heal people even bring people back from the dead even though it hasn't been as great as this he's brought someone back from the dead before and so um there's a bit of a like gosh these people still don't believe me i've done I've done all of this and they still don't trust that I can do this they don't understand that I'm the resurrection in my life yet I've been doing this for three and a half years and they still don't get it and I think it was a mix of those two things both you know sad for them as people and but also the fact that you know they they still don't get why is
4: there and what is about? That makes sense. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. And obviously, with Jesus's, you know, um, Jesus's sacrifice is probably the biggest story of slow returns, and just you know the fact that we set up things so that they can be beneficial for the future. You know, Jesus on that cross, Jesus was looking and. Was able to see the impact like thousands of years from when he had died. And there would still be people that would you know, obviously find a way to heaven. And that's one of the things that helped him to go on. Sure. So the point that you made about the fact that God is not blind to our iniquities, I think that is something that when we properly understand it, it makes us appreciate him more because. You know, this idea that God is interested in every aspect of our lives and not just the things that we think are directly to do with him.
0: For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, just the last a last point to make before we close, um, and it's just to speak about Lazarus himself. Lazarus, um, we don't really know much about as I said at the start of the, the study, but also Lazarus didn't do anything. In the story, Lazarus didn't do anything. We don't actually hear him say anything. Um, And yet he is brought back to life through no fault fault of his own. Um, And so it's just another example that this, this, um, this story, this Christian story, is not something that we can work for and somehow God is looking for us to do X, Y, and Z and then he'll save us. Jesus saved us Long before we did anything. saving Jesus saving us was his choice, his power, his action. We accept the saving grace of Jesus, but we don't do anything for it. And we didn't do anything for it to happen. And so Lazarus in this story is um, paramount to that. Literally, he did nothing. Literally, all we see in the story of him is him reacting to Jesus' his voice outside of that we don't hear him talk we don't hear we just hear of Lazarus this whole time and so there's just that extra lesson um Sasha slash Lisa, which, which one has the hand up yeah Go ahead.
6: thank you um you know just as again Sasha and I were talking here um we were like okay so why is it why did Jesus really you know um was he upset And I just quickly grabbed out my Desire of Ages. I've been meaning to read it for a while, to be honest. I know there's a whole project that David Asher is doing and apparently it's really good. Um, Yeah, Yeah. Um, and Alana was telling me about it because she was doing it. And basically she was sharing about how the, the, you know, Israel themselves, they were so blinded, like what Jesus says, you know, lest they should be converted with, um, lest they should hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and be converted and I should heal them. Um, They were so focused on the promise that they didn't recognize the promise when it came. And it's really quite scary because it's, it's like, we could be so po- focused. Yeah, you know, we're all going to heaven, we're all going to heaven. But like, are we actually focused on, on being ready to receive that promise? Because then when, when Christ came, they weren't ready for him because they were expecting his second coming. They're expecting to have what, what they wanted met. Um, you know, freedom from um, slavery to the Romans freedom, you know, and emancipation physically, but Jesus is like, no, I've come to, f- to heal you spiritually. I mean, yes, it, it's great. It's a blessing to be freed physically, but actually my goal right now is to make you whole is to, to redeem you back to be with the father. So in desire of ages, it says um, on page 307, when Jesus, therefore saw her weeping, speaking of uh, Mary and Martha and the Jews also weeping, which came to her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. He read the hearts of all assembled. He saw that with many, what passed as a demonstration of grief was only pretense. He knew that some in the company now manifesting hypocritical sorrow would ere long be planning the death, not only of the mighty miracle worker, but of the one to be raised from the dead. Christ could have stripped from them their robe of pretended sorrow, but he restrained his righteous indignation. The words he could, the words he could in all truth have spoken. He did not speak because of the loved one kneeling at his feet in sorrow, who truly believed in him. Where have ye laid him? He asked them. They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Together they proceeded to the grave and it was a mournful scene. Lazarus had been much beloved and his sisters wept for him with breaking hearts. While those who had been his friends mingled their tears with those of the bereaved sisters, In view of his human distress and of the fact that that the afflicted friends could mourn over the dead while their saviour of the word stood by, Jesus wept. Though he was the son of God, yet he had taken human nature upon him and he was moved by human sorrow. His tender, pitying heart is ever awakened to sympathy by the suffering. He weeps with those that weep and rejoices with those that rejoice but it was not only because of human sympathy with Mary and Martha that Jesus wept. In his tears, there was a sorrow as high above human sorrow as the heavens are higher than the earth. Christ did not weep for Lazarus for he was about to call him from the grave. He wept because many of those now mourning for Lazarus would soon plan the death of him who was the resurrection and the life. But now unable were their unbelieving Jews right to interpret his tears. Some who could, sorry, but how unable were the unbelieving Jews rightly to interpret his tears? Some who could see nothing more than the outward circumstances of the scene before him as a cause for his grief said softly, behold how he loved him. Others seeking to drop the seed of unbelief into the hearts of those presented said derisively, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused even this man should not have died? If it were Christ's power to save Lazarus, then why did he suffer? With prophetic eye, Christ saw the enmity of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He knew that they were premeditating his death. He knew that some of those apparently so sympathetic would soon close against themselves, the door of hope and the gates of the city of God. A scene was about to take place in his humiliation and crucifixion that would result in the destruction of Jerusalem. And at the time, none would make lamentation for the dead. The retribution that was coming upon Jerusalem was plainly portrayed before him. He saw Jerusalem compassed by the Roman legions. He knew that many now weeping for Lazarus would die in the siege of the city. And in their death, there would be no hope. It was only because of the scene before him that Christ wept. Sorry, it was not only because of the scene before him that Christ wept. The weight of grief of the ages was upon him. He saw the terrible effects of the transgressions of God's law. He saw that in the history of the world, beginning with the death of Abel, the conflict between good and evil had been unceasing. Looking down the years to come, he saw the suffering and sorrow, tears and death that were to be the lot of men. His heart was pierced with the pain of the human family of all ages and in all lands. The woes of the sinful race were heavy upon his soul and the foundation of his tears was broken up as he longed to relieve all in their distress so uh, yeah obviously that continues Um, that's the chapter lazarus come forth but it's just uh, what we've all said you know coming together that christ saw the bigger picture he was crying for those who were going to die crying for those who would reject him crying for those just suffering humanity suffering in general and it's um a point you mentioned earlier as well reese you know we often think oh yes you know we need to relieve suffering and don't get me wrong we need to god tells us that in isaiah 58 but when 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 suffering is truly relieved is when christ comes back is when we have our characters right with god so um yeah that i think that's just are you gonna
2: no i'm just saying it's an overload of multiple thoughts
0: <laughs> yeah thanks guys um i think that 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 hit it on the head to be honest both um both in terms of his sorrow for the people who didn't get it and were um and even some who were faking it and just the sorry for what sin had done to people um, but also that you know he especially in mary's case that she was she was actually um grieving and you know there's a pain in that as well so yeah 100 thank you um, Was there any other points before we we close? No? Okay. Um, I'll pray to close today. I don't ever get to pray to close, I'll pray to close today. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving us this study. I think there's so many lessons in here, especially about your love um, and how much you want us to get it. You you want us to get it. You want us to um, connect with you more. You want us to understand really the power that you have given us to overcome the things of this world. And although you have not promised to take away all suffering, you have promised to be with us in all suffering. And somehow there's still supposed to be peace. When you give us your Spirit through all suffering, so I just pray that you can help us to claim that that power, claim that newness, claim that um that resurrection, um and so that we can be new people in you. Thank you for bringing all the youth here today, and I pray that we um continue in the Sabbath and have a good week um as we go into this coming week in Jesus' name. I pray, Amen. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for coming as usual, and I shall see you on the
1: uh, next Sabbath. Thank you for the study.
6: Thank you. Thank
3: you.